The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Sulal, Mind, Body, Sulal. Good morning, everyone. This is the Tea Health Show. I'm Dr. Mark, and in studio today, we have the privilege of inviting um, Heidi Mbao. Um, Bahula. Bahula. Sorry, Heidi. You were, you were uh, close. <laughs> so let's start over, because I couldn't remember that. Bahula. Aaron. What is that, Adi? Oh, I'm sure they edit this. It's a Sepedi oh, surname. Sepedi. It just means we are, like we are hoeing. Oh, we are no, hoeing the ground. Oh, you are hoeing. So the nice thing about it is that you guys can just, if you feel like you... Stop, start. Yeah. Just give you an like indication for edit. edit. Yeah. Must we just I'll, give you an indication for edit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Once I just got Heidi's surname wrong. Okay, no, because fine. I couldn't remember. I, I knew it was a Mbao, can you Mbao sister? So, okay. <laughs> I was like, go, Heidi. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Sulal. Mind, body, Sulal. Good morning. This is the Tea Health Show. I'm Dr. Mark, and in the studio today, I am joined by Heidi. Bahula from Ascenders Healthcare. Heidi, you're the trainer for Sulal. And then, as always, my two favorite girls, Sister Elise van Art and Stacey Holland. Good, Good morning, morning, everyone. Hello, everybody. Okay, so we are officially in our silly season. And um, for most people, we are on holiday at the end of this <laughs> day. So... Um, Who's so lucky? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a very uh, the date moved up constantly every year. <laughs> so yes, you know what? Mar- tomorrow is the sixteenth of December. It's oh, a Friday, so that's true. You know oh, what? For goodness. everyone, it's um, a nice long weekend. I know that I have a Mexican tequila party <laughs> plan. Are we invited? Is it for you and, and another tequila bottle? Is it bottle. you and the bottle? Yeah. So. Um, and for that matter, we actually um, asked Hedy to come and talk with us about how we can get through this holiday season as unscathed mm, as from a metabolic perspective as we can. So we're going to focus a little bit on what is in the solar range to help us with keeping our first our livers healthy and detoxifying them. Um, what we can do to help with the digestion of all the excess that we're going to be consuming. And we're going to be out and about in the sun. So, you know, but we need to be a little bit sun savvy. And um, seeing that we can't only prevent, there will be a little bit of, of damage, how we can try and rectify that. So, Let's start off with my favorite pastime, and that is <laughs> having to look after my liver. So, <laughs> hey, um, I have um, a, a drinks party, and um, you know what? I'm I'm a bit of a tequila fanatic yeah. and connoisseur. Yeah. So is Sister Elise. Oh, it does yeah. wonderful He always has these amazing her. bottles of tequila in his office, mind you. 
So, you know, how do you think Elise and I survive? Yes, do um, that. But, you know what, it's our liver is responsible for so many things. Mm. Um, it's not only detoxifying alcohol. Um, it's detoxifying everything, everything that we consume. And then it has a couple of other jobs as well. So what is there that we can do to help our livers to cope a little bit better in, in Sulal specifically? Uh, Heidi, I, well, I just want to ask this. I know there is um, people that don't take alcohol. Mm. You not, I know a lot of people. Yeah. But I think we don't speak a lot about non Alcoholic fatty, fatty liver, liver. Exactly, exactly. So I think we need to touch on that as well. How your range fits into that? Okay. So I think the first thing we need to understand is that there are no nutrients that detox. Your body is constantly doing Detoxing, that function on yeah. its own, and what the nutrients do is just support yeah. your liver to do what it's meant to do. And essentially, it's to um, Almost neutralize anything that is a toxin. So whether it's alcohol, it could be sugar, it could be all the fatty acids that we are consuming in our diet, medication, anything that your body is saying, it's danger, 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 it can harm me, we need to neutralize it. So one of the most um, effective nutrients to help your liver to do what it's meant to do is milk thistle. Um, it has the function of being an anti-inflammatory. It has a function of um, having antioxidant properties. Um, it can help with protecting your liver. Because every time your liver is doing that function of neutralizing anything that's a toxin, it's releasing harmful free radicals. Mm. And that might be putting... Mm. It's, it's very interesting that you say that. And I go back to one of my very first podcasts mm. that I did many years ago. And it was still on radio today, and we were actually talking um, about neurological damage. And milk thistle, because it crosses the blood-brain barrier, is an incredibly strong uh, antioxidant within the brain. And um, at some point, we'll explain that because your brain has this network of blood vessels around it. And that allows certain products to go through and others not. And milk thistle passes freely over that. In fact, it's so selective (coughs) about what it allows through that if something is let through, it's pretty important, actually. Magnesium is another one in the right form. It can cross the blood-brain barrier. So let's let's just tell uh, for the listeners that don't understand this. Um, If you take an antihistamine, the old antihistamines would cross, cross the blood brain barrier <clears throat> and they cause drowsiness and sedation. Mm. And then when you take the newer types that we have available today, they, for instance, don't have the ability to cross through the blood brain barrier and therefore you don't get sleepy with them. So that's, so that's the, the difference that's between drowsy and non drowsy. It works. One, one, one would think that. You know what, if it's in the circulation, it will get everywhere. It doesn't. So, okay. So we also just touch on inflammation? After COVID, they were actually finding that the excessive inflammation Mm. was interfering with the blood-brain barrier. And that was making the symptoms of chronic conditions such as depression and mood disorders. And brain fogginess and that, yeah. Mm. Um, So it's quite important to make sure that 
if you reduce inflammation, you can almost reduce the symptoms of anything that you have. Well, well um, I like that. what mm. we've just seen, or um, I don't know, guys, just take a look around you. How many people are suddenly coming down with fevers again? Exactly. Uh, a bit of a sore throat, exactly. fatigue, exactly. body aches, um, and a stuffy nose. COVID is back. So um, be careful out there. This is the time where all of us are getting out there, going to restaurants and clubs and blah, blah, blah. It's, we don't, we haven't seen a spike in hospital admissions and I don't think we will be, but we are definitely seeing a spike in infection rates again. So um, just be aware that you can take anti-inflammatories in the form of something like um, mm. A milk thistle exactly. Um, exactly. Because it has so many other purposes Not mm. just for acute inflammation But more for the chronic stuff But uh, I would like to know Where does milk thistle come from? It's yeah, a, I thought it was a root or something It's a herb It's a flowering it's, herb It's quite pretty actually I actually have a picture of it in front of me It's this beautiful It's very pretty plant. Okay, and it's inside, like a bossy. Yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. And inside, <laughs> it almost looks like echinacea. Um, almost, almost, yeah, almost. yeah. Okay, but uh, do we source it in South Africa or not? I don't think so. I, I think it's, I don't know, Margaret Roberts. I'm sure she had a lot on her farm. That's where I first saw okay. it, actually. It's probably for medicinal use. It's probably not I'm sourced in bulk it here, the, but it's an important the whole point. Yeah, community, all of us. Yeah. Are, Moving towards natural health yes. supplementation. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's moving away from pharmaceutical mm. stuff, mm. etc. Yeah. So I think that's very important that we we just look at the origin of stuff. Yeah. Okay. But um Elise, I think that's an incredibly um valid and important point that you've just made. So Heidi, um I think that no, I know if you walk down the supplement aisle in one of the retail pharmacies or even in your big chain stores, you're going to find a lot of milk thistle. Yes, definitely. So, um, it's one of the it? OG like herbs. Yeah. yeah. What is What's it that OG says? Oh my God. <laughs> Original. Oh. <laughs> so, how, I got do you. You, how do you pick a good one? I know that. In my practice, and yeah. I've been doing functional medicine from 2004, the only arrangement I've ever prescribed for my patients, and I had a lot of flack from other companies, yeah. was Sulal, just because I knew that they actually worked. Okay. So what you want to look for is the concentration mm. of the active ingredient that's doing the work of protecting the liver from damage. And inside this, the um, milk thistle extract is an active ingredient or phytonutrient called silymerin. So the stronger the active compound, the more potent. But that's not always mentioned though, right? You mm. usually just says milk thistle extract. Says, yeah, see, I think the moment that you don't get all the information on the box, it's quite dubious. Yes and no, which makes it difficult. And the reason being is because – so for therapeutic reasons, a targeted approach, you're going to want a higher concentration extract. Mm. 
for maintenance reasons or doses, I take milk thistle tea. There is an innate wisdom in the whole plant being used because the entire molecular structure of a plant is the wisdom that we've never been able to replicate. We extract something because we know it works, but as with curcumin, and Heidi can maybe share this with us because I know you guys also have a good curcumin. For many years, we used curcumin that was not as effective because until we realize, and just from a basic perspective, we don't just need one part of the plant. We also need the oil in order to make that one part of the plant become effective. So for a long time, the the supplements weren't as effective until they went back and, you know, started engaging with Indian communities and trying to figure out how it is that these communities are healthier. And then they realized this oil that's in the root of the turmeric plant is what helps. And then in new formulations, that's what's in the newer formulation. So there's a wisdom in using the whole plant. And then there's a reason you would want concentrated doses as advised by your functional medicine practitioner, because milk thistle, I wanted to ask you, maybe you can share on that. There are quite a few um, contraindications when it comes to people that are on chronic medication yes. because it's such yes. a powerful herb, yes. actually. Okay, so let's, let's touch on that one. Okay, just to touch on the curcumin, yes, so yeah. we find that curcumin gets, um, it stays intact and gets an, absorbed much better in an oil format. Yes. So yeah. you find a lot of formulations will start incorporating like maybe even a soy oil just to enhance that. And um, that's only in the last, what, like exactly, three years or exactly, something that we figured exactly. that out. Yeah. So it, it comes with trying to educate um, mm. consumers how to read the label. Yes. You need to almost take the products and turn the label around so that you can start comparing things such as, mm. does it give me that oil to enhance the absorption? Does it give me that extract, higher extracts of that active mm. ingredient that I'm looking for that might be in the brackets um, instead of just looking at the yeah. ingredients and the dose? Um, so some of the contraindications that come with milk thistle is that, um, if you are diabetic or on diabetic medication, it can, um, interfere with that medication. What diabetic medication? Metformin. Okay. So the tablet what does it one. Do? Does it enhance or? I would think it, it would clear it sooner, right? Wouldn't it? Um, mm. It might interfere Lock, with yeah. how your liver enzymes are metabolizing the metformin mm. and then we interfere with the efficacy. Mm, of, makes of, sense. Yeah, I don't think it would. So it, there's no bad side effects. It's just not as effective. Then. Okay. Um, it might make the medication more effective. Exactly. Oh. So it's going to potentiate it because it doesn't get metabolized. Oh. So the, the medication stays In the system. active longer. Okay. So it almost acts as uh, a kind of preservative. Okay, but now I'm thinking, you know, our diabetics or pre-diabetics or type mm. 2 diabetics are mostly all on, even they are not even diagnosed as a diabetic, but the biochemistry tells us there's a problem with insulin resistance mm. Mm. and they're going on the metformin product. But we also detoxify them with milk thistle. Yeah, because so most of them have got metabolic syndrome. So most of them, and this is something that Elise mentioned earlier, mm. we are seeing in our practice more and more patients with non-alcoholic fatty liver syndrome. Yes. Um, and, mm. you know, at the moment that we, and this is going to bring us to the next product, mm. the moment that we see the need of starting them on um, a statin, Yes. We have to add 
ubiquitin or CoQ10 enzyme exactly. CoQ10 yeah. in the form that you guys have it yeah. at solar levels for ubiquinol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, are we also having side effects and contraindications with something like ubiquinol? Ubiquinol, off the top of my head, I know one of the contraindications or cautions is soy allergen because we do um, put it in an oil format to enhance the absorption and blood thinners. Mm. Blood thinners, again, it will potentiate. I don't think there's many supplements on the market that you can take that wouldn't have some form of... Clash with blood thinners anyway. It's natural doesn't mean it's still some form of Yeah, and I think this is important for us to understand. Um, Just because something can be taken off a shelf doesn't necessarily mean that it's safe. I actually want to tell you that quite often it's the opposite. I think um, Elise uh, states when we see interactions between medications Mm. or um, an adverse reaction or a side effect. Mm. It's not usually from our prescription medications. No. Um, the first thing that we do in our practice is we stop supplementations and then suddenly something disappears and then it's a, a question of elimination mm. as to which one mm. interacts with medication. Yeah, well, generally speaking, <clears throat> I know a lot of people like to self-medicate and experiment and again i'm always the one that champions taking responsibility which comes with people walking into retail pharmacies and trying out certain things so i don't have a problem with the motivation but if you're on chronic medication don't do it if you're not on any chronic medication chances are that you won't experience that but the problem is I don't know many people nowadays that aren't on at least one chronic medication. So that's the challenge. And to be fair, a lot of the stuff that is on the shelf is not good enough in terms of formulation and dosage. It's when you actually do start buying really good products that you can run into issues because that's where you have your higher extracts, higher concentrations, higher dosages per tablet as well. So if someone is taking something that has a 500 milligram dose – and they're popping two or three, yeah, you're definitely going to run into problems when you're hitting that 2,000 milligram mark. The, this scares me, guys, because I don't think that people know this out there. They don't. Well, they're not being told when, it either when they walk into the pharmacy. When we spoke about coenzyme 10 now, mm. I for one know that cardiologists promote CoQ10 for heart disease patients. Yes, they would. And they would. Most of them are on blood thinners. So what is the effect then? You need to monitor your INR level, your blood clotting ratio to make sure that it exactly. More frequently. So when you initiate a a blood thinner, and here we're looking at the older ones, we're looking at the Wafferins. Okay, Mm. not your normal aspirin, new aspirin that's specifically for... because aspirin is... Not really um, It doesn't work on the clotting It actually uh, Clotting factors It works on um, Knocking out your platelet mm. um, So Your blood thinners Actually work on your Different clotting, clotting. Factors okay. um, And that's where The problem then comes in Potentiating the effect of a blood thinner means that you are more likely to bruise. If you have some kind of injury, you can bleed more excessively. 
Um, it's, I, I would, I want to say, yes, we need to caution against mm. this, but I don't think adding one CoQ10 mm. to your normal medication, if you're on a blood thinner, is suddenly going to give you an intracerebral no. bleed or a gastric bleed. It's when you don't take your medication responsibly, um, and if you do not follow the advice of your medical practitioner, what happens if um, your if your blood can't clot is you actually start oozing from your gastrointestinal tract. Mm. So um, I think that's where where we need to be careful. But yes, Elise, I do agree with you. Um, we walk into um, a health shop and you're giving a lot of things. And what people forget is all of those things have interactions with each other. But come on, let's think about how many patients are on a B, a B complex and then they're taking a multivitamin that also contains B vitamins in. And then they take a stamino grow. Um, that also has B vitamins mm. in. And now suddenly we were supposed to take 50 milligrams of vitamin D. So you weigh over your recommended dose. Um, but the more scary part is on, on your metal side, your magnesiums, your zincs, your coppers, your seleniums, et cetera, et cetera. Heavy metals in excess becomes toxic. They mm. start collecting mm. and specifically in the brain, and this is where we need to start doing collation therapy, which is difficult to get these heavy metals to get out of the body and to excrete them again. And most often it's caused by not just the, de- the old mercury fillings that you had, but by all the supplements that you've been taking over the year mm. with excesses of amounts. Mm. Um, it looks very little, but you know what, add them up and it becomes um, a, a quite a big amount. Yeah, but I like what you said about the milk thistle being a solution for non-alcoholic uses. So things such as anything can be a lipotoxin, can be caffeine, mm. it can be mm. your sunflower oil mm. that we like deep fried. We're going to the braai season. I'm sure our calendar is just packing up with lots of um, um, invites. So um, the glycation that happens, the sugar that we're consuming, all of that can just have a little bit of a put a, put a little bit of a strain on our liver. Although I think yeah. the important caveat here is again from the gut perspective, yeah. people like to take a pull for every ill, but not get rid of the behavior that led exactly. to the ill, which is like my exactly. biggest big bugbear big because we can't be taking I'm tablets. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you know, it reminds me of the old, do you know how statin, statin drugs were advertised back in the day? They had this guy eating a burger and you know, he ate the burger and then after that it was like, has your cholesterol gone up? <laughs> Take the statin. But no one said, Putty, stop eating the burger for a little bit. Let the cholesterol settle and then maybe we can look at it. So that's the challenge. I get that life happens. Like it happens to me as well. But at some point in time, we have to look at what's causing the actual problem. See how we can adjust that. Use supplements and medications strategically. Yeah. 
but you can't be saying I'm going to do the same thing and then I'll just keep piling on the supplements because those supplements require detoxification as well from the liver. That capsule needs to be broken down. Not so that, that the body is fighting. Every cell is fighting from a receptor perspective. So the medication, the supplements, stuff in your food that's in natural form. Every receptor is fighting for something to come and bind on that receptor. And that's the challenge when things stop working. <laughs> and the why is also very important. Why am I taking this ubiquitous? Yeah. yeah. What is the, the benefits that I'm trying to derive out of it? Yeah. The heart health, but specifically what? Um, okay. So enlighten us. So why if do you, I take it for my heart? Well, if you are taking it for your heart, it to make that end product of ubiquinol, it's almost like a 23-step cycle for your body. And as you get older, your ubiquinol production starts declining, especially after 30. So, um, and, and you kind of need that for your energy cycle. So to keep your heart muscle strong, mm. um, to keep that energy cycle going. That's so it's basically it's for my, mitochondrial. mitochondrial yes. so it's, That's one of the benefits. Okay. Yeah. The second is if you're going to be on a statin, you the, have to be on the same on, on liver on that's producing cholesterol is the same liver that's producing your coenzyme Q10. So if the statin is inhibiting that enzyme, it means your coenzyme Q10 production is declining. But it's, also it's your very statins. It's interesting, Heidi, when we have patients in my office mm. and we go through their <laughs> current medication, um, I, I ask medication separately mm. from the supplementation because we, we, Go into that quite extensively in mm. each consultation, each new consultation, mm. Mm. and very, very few um, patients on statin is taking one another form of coenzyme Q10, yes. and this speaks to a lack of information mm. from the prescriptor prescriber. Mm. You know what I? Um, a lot of our doctors don't often give mm. um, CoQ10 in conjunction with their statin Definitely. prescription. It's the same yeah. um, as we see with your metformins and vitamin B12. Exactly. So, okay. And then um, you'll ask the patient or you'll find the patient saying, but, oh, this medication makes me so tired. Yeah. Well, the side effects of yeah. you not getting enough Ubiquinol production is the fatigue. The and and oh, most wow. chronic medications will cause medicine-induced exactly. deficiencies. That's exactly. definitely a – I think it's important for people to understand because we say the mitochondria is important. The concentration of mitochondria in heart tissue is insane. Mm. For a reason, the heart mm. never stops beating, right? So we need this production of ATP all the time. And just – I know we try to educate every single time. So without dumbing it down and without making it too scientific, there's something in ATP production called the electron transport chain. And it's this series of steps that the body uses to ultimately produce as much ATP as it can within the membrane of the mitochondria. Ubiquinol is one of those enzymes that helps in the transport of these electrons. Yeah, that's why it's basically called coenzyme Q10. Yes. And 99% of our hormones require cofactors. Yes. 
um, cofactors either being enzymes, being um, vitamins, uh, being amino acids, or even heavy metals. But we often think of things like the weakest link. So we get, we take the, the body takes this carbohydrate and basically breaks it down into all these different forms. And at the end, it becomes usable energy to the cell. Now think of all of us standing in a line and passing this electron to each other. If one of us is not working, then the next person takes on another load. And eventually at the end of that chain, we just don't get enough of what is needed to power the cell, to power the body. And that's exactly what happens when we don't have CoQ10, a huge player in that passport system of going through is just not there, not functioning. So I think when people say I'm fatigued, it's a nice way of thinking about it's not just a crash. It's this like I just can't produce enough energy and that's actually the reason why it's happening. Yeah. It's almost like the turbo in your car. Yes, yes, yes. Properly. I've had that where my <laughs> engine got damaged because my turbo and think of your mitochondria little engines for yourself to just keep running. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. You, you, your foot is flat on that accelerator but ain't nothing happening. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I think we at that time of the year yeah. in, um, mm. in our last um program that was sponsored by Sulal, uh, we we went into the stress and um, what stress does to our hormone levels, which results in certain kinds of symptoms. Mm. Um, Heidi, seeing that we landed in the gut, what is the Solal range yeah. that can help us Manage overindulgence a little <laughs> bit better because I, I can tell you what happened yes. um, over the weekend. So over the weekend, my my brother came from Mokopani to visit me. So um, and it was my niece's birthday. Okay. So they came to us on Friday evening, and obviously, you know what we celebrated her birthday. We drank a little bit. Um, we ate very nice food. Elise will know because she knows how Stefan cooks. <laughs> um, there was some salad, but <laughs> <laughs> I love how salad just gets. There was some salad. There was some salad yeah. in the form of a guacamole. Dip. I was gonna oh, wow. <laughs> um, and then on Saturday, uh, you know what? We were out. Uh, my brother and myself, and my ne nephew, played in a tournament, so we were outside in the sun the whole day. Yeah. And then afterwards, we went to my my sister, and the whole family again was together. And we had a bry and blah, blah, watch the rapi. You can only imagine what happened. Um, and on Sunday, we had croissants and came back. And this morning, it looks like I've swallowed a bowling ball. <laughs> so I know what happens when I overindulge. Yeah. For someone who has an inflamed bowel or Battle with inflammatory bowel disorders, it's a killer. And I know that I'm going to be battling for the next week. Is there anything that I can do? And Stacey's just I'm just looking. glaring I'm, at him. I'm not even looking in her direction. Um, I told Stephen to make broth. So um, I know that doing this has consequences for me, not for a day, but for a Couple of days. Exactly. Is the stays between you, Heidi? Are there some stuff specifically from Sulal, for instance, that we can do? Yes. Mm. 
I actually found a, uh, an article that said 76% of South Africans spend more during the festive season and up to 40% of their money goes to food. And alcohol. alcohol. So we're going to be clogging up our pipe, piping system sure. over the next few weeks with overeating and indulgence. And what that does, it increases your heartburn. It increases the indigestion and mm. the stomach cramps and mm. just throws your whole um, system, out, system of whack. out of whack. Sure. <laughs> so there are nutrients such as mastic gum. Mastic gum can help with um, indigestion. It can help with that heartburn. And it can also help with managing that inflammation that you might be triggering. Um, and mm. it can protect the mucosa lining mm. from that excessive drinking and, and, and eating all that food that might be triggering ulcers. And So um, can I take my mastic gum with my <laughs> essential and milk thistle? <laughs> You, you could. <laughs> you the added benefit of the milk thistle is that it also can help with that indigestion and heartburn yeah. as well. So you're getting liver protection, but you're also getting a bit of gut health properties. <laughs> but okay. you're getting a two-in-one with the milk thistle. I think, I don't know if you guys have any binders though, hey? I can't remember. I don't. No, I think it it definitely would be um, wise for most people over this period to incorporate some form of a binder. So either some activated charcoal, but be mm-hmm. careful because some people, you know, um, it can exacerbate some of their symptoms. Yeah, and, and when you take activated charcoal, which I really don't think is a bad thing to take, yeah, just know that if you take your other medication <laughs> with it, it's going to cause a problem. Completely yes, inactive. and I was actually that was going to be my second point. So maybe a little bit of activated charcoal or bentonite clay or zeolite clay or something like that, but actually become strategic in your timing of dosage of whatever your medication is if you're gonna if you have to take your medication at a certain time then you must be careful with everything else because you're gonna just end up in a big chamos basically so if you take something give it at least two hours to get it 100 percent yeah Um, if you're going to take any kind of binder just get your other stuff to absorb so in other words, separate indulgence from taking your meds by at least two hours. Because the thing is, the binder, you're going to have to take it a little bit before, some before and some after. Okay, so don't take your activated charcoal, charcoal. tablet with your medication no. with a Bloody Mary. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> I don't understand how the binder story works. I mean, it, in my mind, mm. it binds your stool. Am I wrong? It can, not always, it but it binds to, yeah. But it usually but it, absorbs. Think of coelinopectin. Okay. Clay. Yeah, yeah. Um, that we would eat in the wild. Remember birds and um, animals would eat dirt mm. because it absorbs. So charcoal... Is a beautiful. Think about putting charcoal, for instance, in your fridge. If there's a funny smell, smell. it absorbs okay, that so smell. So that's the context. Yeah. yeah. So it it will absorb toxins. But think, how is okay? It absorbs it now. How must it get it out? That's where the stool bulking or stool binding process would then come. So the two go hand in hand, and depending on how your body naturally would deal with that toxin versus the addition of the binder, can lead to someone being constipated but versus just a bulking of a stool. I think if we go and look at statistics on how many people sit with irritable bowel yeah. syndrome or disease, mm. Yeah. Mm. I, mm. I don't think we know. 
the, the statistics of no, that. So I don't high. want to it's very high. promote a binder to everybody and say, listen. Oh no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily, um, exacerbate irritable bowel, uh, um, symptoms all the time. That's what I'm saying. It can, but it's also because your body's dealing with an influx of toxins that would naturally have done that anyway. It's about so, getting it out so that your symptoms are also not flaring up okay. as well. Elise, with irritable bowel and Heidi, uh, help me. Uh, irritable bowel is usually colon related. It's mm-hmm. usually in the mm-hmm. colon mm-hmm. where we mm-hmm. have that. Your binders will start absorbing the stuff in the stomach. Okay. So all the way the through, time, yeah. That um, you are supposed to be absorbing, for instance, medication, um, you know, which your binder has has locked it in. So your bioavailability becomes uh, less. And that means that the medication is no longer effective. But also, uh, people must expect if you're going to be indulging your IBS symptoms are going to get exactly. worse, which is now, a game. This is exactly yeah. what I find yeah. and, um, found with me over the weekend. Yeah. And I continued taking <laughs> my psyllium husk. I continued on my yeah. milk vessel. I continued yeah. on all my yeah. supplementation. Yeah. But, oh, my word. Yeah. Am I battling mm. Maybe um, a digestive enzyme, I think. I was going to just say. A, so what so we, 30 we, minutes before a meal, make sure you're taking a digestive enzyme to just help break down all that food. That's and so we'll have a digestive enzyme? We do have it in our probiotic. Wait, I was going to say, yeah. So um, we're giving you a digestive enzyme, a With prebiotic, a probiotic. and a probiotic. Well, and then, and then also maybe um, some mag- – you, I know you guys have magnesium glycinate, mm-hmm. but uh, I, do you but do a magnesium oxide? No. You don't. It does relax the gut. And for people that have not been taking it where the levels start repleting, it might have a mild laxative effect, which is what you want. Actually, you want to increase motility. It's not great, again, for absorption of nutrients, but you'd rather get those things out of the system, which is why we then would use a binder or use something to promote motility there. And we don't want it sitting in the system. And remember, if you've got IBS, you're already sitting with a sluggish gut anyway. Well, yeah, sluggish gut, but doesn't work because with IBS, you either have symptoms of constipation or, or f- diarrhea. of diarrhea. Or both. <laughs> or a combination, yes. Yeah. At the same time. Yep, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think one of the things that we will be doing a lot of is being outside, having a bribe, being at the pool, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so Elise came in this morning and we touched on vitamin D, uh, and why vitamin D is so important for us. Sister Elise, do you want to just refresh, um, our memory about, um, what we are seeing from a clinical perspective when it comes to vitamin D? I think what I voiced this morning that's a concern for me is, um, I think Heidi said, or who said that 80% of the population yeah, is vitamin it, yeah. D3 deficient. deficient. Uh, my concern is if we look at our practice at um, biochemistry, the parameters that's being measured is saying that if your uh, reading is more than 12, and I don't know if it's millimole or whatever the measurement is, more than 12, then you are D3 
sufficient. It's a joke, but actually. <laughs> when we look at the different systems in the body, we know that D3 is imperative for everything that goes mm. on in our bodies. I think um, <clears throat> what we need to clearly understand is <clears throat> there's a very big shift from what's normal mm, to what's optimal when we start looking at functional medicine. Okay. In functional medicine, what we are doing is we are restoring optimal function by giving the body and the system the tools to function optimally. But when does it become optimal? Toxic. Because that's a big word as well. Vitamin D toxicity. What is the problem with vitamin D toxicity? What happens when you have too much vitamin D? Because Elise, you remember this patient? I looked and Stacey, I, I, I looked and I looked and I said, no, there must be a problem. Mm -hmm. I had a patient that walked into my office with a vitamin D level of 114. Sure. What? Sure. So, guys, if you don't know what that means, um, that's… 10 times more or 100. Mm, no, it's, 10 it's times. at least three Almost, times yeah. the accepted normal range. And I asked him, what are you taking? No, I'm taking a vitamin D from this place. Okay, fine. Please but he stop. must have been popping them quite a bit as well. According to him, he was taking one every second day. Yeah, because but that's what the hell was in there. I don't know. If you're so, taking a thousand, even if you're taking a thousand IU's, what's like? I'm seeing like 200 IU's and stuff. But I mean, at one point in time, especially when vitamin D was all the rage, mm. you were getting a minimum, like decent dosage of a thousand IU's. Well, in my practice, I give patients five thousand units. Well, we should um, when someone is on a vitamin D of six, G. which we've seen in a vitamin D of two, which, which is also normal when there's infection. So we get that. But again, you're a, you're a practitioner. So we understand targeted use of high therapeutic mm. doses. Mm. But I think this was the challenge when we started seeing vitamin D marketing everywhere was that mm. people started saying when, especially when we tell people what the symptoms are. Are you tired? Are you fatigued? Are you getting more flu and cold every year? But that's universal symptoms nowadays. But that's what we use in marketing, right? It's got all those symptoms. It's how we get the message through. And then there's also the cumulative effect. One hundred percent. A calcium supplement that's giving me a thousand IU. I'm taking a multivitamin. Yes. Giving me another vitamin D three, and I'm taking something else that also has vitamin D. Also, these are fat soluble. These are fat soluble A D E K, right? They're not water soluble. Yeah. <laughs> They're not water soluble, but he's not getting rid of them as quickly as vitamin C, for example. And particularly if a person is, you know, on the higher end of, of the weight range, then you're going to find that there's accumulation and toxicity from that perspective. But no one is telling them so how much to take. Again, what are the problems with? Excessive amounts of vitamin D. It can cause a build up in calcium and increase kidney stones and start interfering with your kidney function. Um, those are the extreme um, symptoms. And is that any form of vitamin D? Is that D2, D3, or is D3 it? D3 is the one that's 
That's um, the one we want. Will, yes, yeah, yes. Format, yes. Yeah. Um, and then it's the weakness, it's nausea, it's vomiting, dizziness, but it starts interfering with your calcium um, um, absorption and, and build up. And calcium <coughs> is very, very important in heart health exactly. and in our arterial health exactly. as well. And correct me if I'm wrong, the f- older formulations were D2 with K3 or K2 for, and you, your body needed to convert it. It's only recent forms that are called calciparol, right? Yeah. So again, we don't know how many bottles someone bought of something when formulations get updated. But you know what, Elise, <coughs> do you remember the, the program, Stacey? I think you were on, also on it. Heidi, the nutritional supplement uh, market. How do you? How about you? You might know this. Actually, this is where what you what you do, do. for a living. <laughs> how much? How much is it worth currently? Oh, it's sitting for South Africa alone. It is sitting at four point four billion rand. Okay, so let's a do year. worldwide. <laughs> oh. The last one that I saw was um, that it was. In the American market mm. on its own, mm. 486 billion US dollars with an estimated growth of 27% by 2025. Listen, not surprising in that if we could, we're, we're not teaching people to go back to basics like permaculture at home how many people are getting vegetables from their own garden Mm. because vegetable soil is depleted Mm. in nutrients i used to be of the opinion that we can get everything from our food and we can't i wish we could but we can't that's the sad reality so i actually think it's not only that the soil is depleted i'm i'm starting to see toxicity in soil in soil yeah, definitely. In um, water so, as well. So even if you were getting everything from the diet, there's so many factors that interfere with the absorption of the nutrients. So like stress. I, I yeah. want us or poor to gut focus health. on just one absolute in my mind, and I think Stacy might want to disagree with <laughs> uh misnomer about vitamin D. Mm-hmm. You 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 need sun. To produce vitamin D Definitely. But people think that they Because we live in Africa And they're outside now and again That they have sufficient vitamin mm. D I agree with you there. Um, they don't I always tell my patients You can bloody live on the sun um, And yeah, you will not have enough vitamin D mm. Why? Because we also need to get it from our diet You need mm. to get the building blocks to manufacture vitamin D in the skin. And something that I did not know, which you guys told me this morning, is that the darker your skin type, the more you need, the more you will have a need to supplement because melatonin prevents the formation. Your, the pigment uh, yeah. makes it more difficult for us to produce our own vitamin D. 100%. So our patients of color, um, and you know what? All my patients of color hate the sun. That's just because we have made dark skin in our own communities to be something that is unwanted, which mm-hmm. is complete nonsense. But you do make enough through the skin. The challenge is, from a dietary perspective, is also using anything that we put into the system. 
So yes, the building blocks will need to be there, but you, you can make a sufficient amount. The problem is <clears throat> if you haven't been in the sun for a long period of time, you need full sun exposure for the body to start manufacturing vitamin D in everything in the body goes in waves. Basically you need early light exposure and late afternoon exposure to get more of the red light basically. And that prepares the skin for more of the blue light that comes in midday. But because we're not skin sun tolerant, Mm. people will stay out a little bit longer. And I'm even saying like past nine 30 feel burnt or get burnt and say, you see, the sun is not good for me. Yeah. Because you can't go into the sun all of a sudden when you haven't been exposed to it for a while, whether you lily white or whether you dark, it doesn't really matter. So the key is to start getting safe sun early morning, and late afternoon and build up that exposure by 20 minutes at a time, even 15, 10 minutes at a time for a long period of time before your body is going to be okay. But you can't do that only if you are vitamin D deficient. So you'll have to supplement and get sun while your supplementation then um, titles off and your exposure increases. I have my morning coffee outside great. in the sun. And your glasses and are is, off, right? Yeah. Okay. This is at seven o'clock in the morning. Mm. That's when I'm sitting in the sun. Brilliant. Uh, it's, it's really early in the morning. And so closer, thank you. closer towards midday. And this is a sad part. And I, we, we need to figure out how to get people more sun tolerant closer to mid part of the day. That's where we see sun exposure producing dopamine and serotonin naturally. But we avoid, we obviously have to avoid that when you're not tolerant well, to the Elise, sun. Sister Elise made a comment. That um, our dermatology <laughs> colleagues did yes, such a brilliant a point. good job of making us scared of a sun, which we should mm. be. Mm. But we, I think there are ways that we can be sun savvy. But I found what Stacy just said is such a good Advice, I don't know what to call it, but the fact that going to the air outside, whatever, early in the morning, mm. late in the afternoon, and I'm thinking, you call it the near infrared exposure. Yeah. That is so, so good for information. Yes, that's what we use, right? And this is stuff that we need to and it's free. tell people. It's free. No, it's every person that sees me. That is one of my metrics. Are you out in the sun? Exactly what Mark is doing. People think when they go out in the sun, I need to go and sit Sit. in the sun. And it should be in 20 minutes in the sun, midday. That's what Mm. people think. But what you said is so revealing. It's a revelation for me. Well, the holiday period is coming up. And South Africa is blessed with great summer Weather for us, our summers are great. Mm. So, you know what? It's we're talking about how do I manage um, the damage that I'm going to do through excess. Mm. So, the challenge in our practice for our patients between the 15th of December and 15th of January is not to put on any weight. Wait. Mm-hmm. We know that they're going to overindulge. So the challenge is, how do I manage that? So let's, let's ask, let's do this. Let's ask our listeners out there, join us for this challenge. So wear yourself 
on the morning of the 15th of December and weigh yourself again on the 15th of January. Do what you do. Have your piece of Christmas cake and your extra glass of sherry. But early in the morning, get up between 7 and 8 and go and walk in the sun. So you, you know what? Increase your activity levels. Yes. Um, and then come back and have a little Garfield mid-morning pre-breakfast snooze. Can I just add something to that that you just triggered? That is so important. What does blue light triggers cortisol? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. What happens when cortisol is produced? What happens to digestion? It increases. It shuts down yeah. when we're in a stress state. We can't digest, right? It takes the back seat. It takes a back down. seat. How many people are eating in front of a television or underneath LED lights with blue light? So every time we're eating nowadays in modern living, and it's becoming so much worse. We're sitting in eating in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when but last did we sense. eat with candlelight or outside yeah. or in this warm, beautiful light that we used to eat in. Now we're eating with flickering blue lights somewhere and the body is so confused. And we're starting to see that there's this correlation, maybe not causation, but there definitely is a correlation with our lifestyle. We know that, right? But our light lifestyle and our body's inability to digest food. Where's metabolic syndrome in that? What are we, how are those patients? What is their light environment basically? So that's part of the challenge. Weigh yourself on the 15th and then on the 15th of January and make an effort to change your light environment when you're indulging. Put on flipping candles. We're all complaining about load shedding, but it's given us an opportunity to change our light environment. Put the TVs off and the cell phones off and just enjoy the experience with your friends and family in a beautiful light environment. Yeah. now has a very, very nice vanilla citronella Ooh. candle because I hate Put one mosquitoes. of those on. Yes. I hate mosquitoes. Yeah. So um, Sun Solal has, according to me, one of the best and most affordable skin ranges on the market. It's made by Beersdorf, um, um, or it's based on the Beersdorf products. And I was many, many years ago, I was involved with Vanessa Krugel, who formulated this mm-hmm. product. It is a beautiful um, range, actually. Way, but uh, oh. <laughs> in, in launching this. No doubt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. But um, we launched this range, and I, I was part of oh. that, that launch. And um, let's talk about protecting ourselves mm. against the sun. I think that's sun. important, yeah. Um, the vitamin C serum that is in the Sulal range, is one of the most indulgent things that I've ever put on my skin. Mm. It feels beautiful. It does. It makes your skin silky, silky smooth. Mm. Um, It brightens the skin. It's a very potent antioxidant. Mm. And where do you want an antioxidant? Where the sun is going to create free Mm. radicals in the skin. Exactly. So um, I I have a, a routine, and you guys can see that I'm fairly nice and pisbany. Um, <laughs> so 
Um, I always put a vitamin C serum on um, before I put my sunscreen on. Is that on. a facial vitamin C it's or is it a body um, you can use it as a body. You see, that's the problem. Mark has it on tap. Clearly, he's like, I will slot anyway. That's worth it. That you can use on your body as well. That is not so expensive that mm. you can you break the bank when you buy it. Mm. And that's my concern. Yeah. We always just look at our faces and our mm. decolletage. No, I think, what about I, I your think, rest think of your about skin? how many of our patients come into the office. Oh, I have an option for and, you. Um, the decolleté, their hands mm. are so incredibly sun damaged. And this yeah. is where you Well, that's see one it. of those signs of aging, right? You look at hands. people's hands, their neck. I never look at their, their faces or their necks. Mm. Yeah. But that's my I concern. always look at their hands. Tallow. No product. Tallow. Tallow. What is tallow? It's animal based. And unfortunately, there aren't a lot of suppliers in South Africa, but you do find some online. Tallow is an animal based, um, Moisturizer and it's rich in some vitamins and minerals. And it was believed that back in the ancient days, it was used as a natural protectant. I wouldn't use that now, especially because people aren't sun tolerant, but it definitely nourishes the skin and definitely helps with, um, preser- uh, pre- preventing and, re- and reversing that damage. Okay. If you're so, vegan, obviously it's not going to be something that you want to use. Although some vegans do use it because they feel like it's a good way of using the entire animal nose to tail, so it's more sustainable. But go and investigate it. Yeah. Tallow. Tallow. T a l l o w. Okay. Um, the Sulal uh, sunscreen yes. is also a wonderful, wonderful product to use and. Um, what I would like to tell the people out there, be a little bit sun savvy. So mm. take an antioxidant uh, in the form of a vitamin C, maybe a milk thistle. Or is Yeah, I was just going to get mm. to resveratrol. And uh, a resveratrol is great um, because it comes from red grapes. <laughs> so, um, red wine. So have it with Only red 100 wine. Only 100 bowls of red wine. Beyond that, you're undoing what you put in. Well, be, be oh savvy about I, the alcohol that I think you it's a hundred mils, right, Dave? Your skin is the biggest snitch. It will yes, always 100%. tell people what you got, got up to over the weekend. So be smart. Where about do you think Puzza Face came from? <laughs> <laughs> tell us more, Heidi. So um, I read the clearer the alcohol, the less damaging effect it has on the skin because you'll liver can metabolize that a lot quicker. Mm. Once you start adding sugar to the cocktail. So that's wine, why you have tequila. It's good for the heart, but on the skin it does have a little bit of a histamine effect. So it, it does. gives you that flight Redness. effect. Yeah. So well, look for sulfite-free or low in sulfites or biodynamically wire. There are a few that are, are yummy uh, on the market. They are. Have you done the research? I have. I have. You should know. <laughs> I'll bring you a bottle. <laughs> so for me, um, if you are going to have a beach day, take some vitamin C, put some vitamin C serum on your face. Slap your sunscreen on the solar one is great. It really is nice. I use it when I play sport. Mm. Take some vitamin C either in the form of a mimosa or another vitamin <laughs> C tablet. <laughs> and this afternoon when you exactly. come out, reapply that vitamin C. 
Um, and have another mimosa or another vitamin. And cold exposure. Put some ice on your face. Take two ice blocks yeah. and just rub it all over your face at night. If you have, um, if you can, have a cold shower. Yeah. And that will do wonders to help you. Remember the old thing that they said is when you get burnt, sit in a hot bath. Mm. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the worst thing that yeah, you can do. Like, what I'm you want to do is you actually want to dissipate the heat. Okay. So guys, it's the holiday season. Go out, enjoy, be safe. Think about what you can do to minimize the Indulgence that we are going to expose ourselves to. There are ways in which we can do this to prevent us from coming into the new year depleted. Mm. We, um, mm. the new year is starting off with a bang for most of us in any case. Heidi, um, it was a privilege to have you in the office. You and I have worked together a couple of times. Uh, your knowledge about the solar range is um, always a, an encyclopedia of <laughs> um, fun facts. So we Thank enjoy you for that. Having me. This will be our last live show for the year. We'll be doing a couple of broadcasts or rebroadcasts of the most downloaded and listened to podcasts over the next three weeks. To my team, Stacey, uh, Sister Elise, and some Piwi in her absence today. She couldn't make it. It was a big Christmas party last night. <laughs> um, <clears throat> thank you very much. We will be back early in the new year. I'm not exactly sure when. Um, but for everyone else there, thanks for supporting us. Uh, be safe. Have a great Christmas and a great new year. Thanks, everyone. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye.